Percy, have you ever been told by someone, I've got good news and I've got bad news for you? You know, it's interesting, Wayne. Actually, uh, I have not. I've never had that as an opening statement presented to me. Uh, I've heard from many people who have discussed being confronted by that question. And that always uh, has, has been interesting to me because they've always expressed how disconcerting it feels to hear that asked. Mm-hmm. I think that probably what we should do is have a conversation to further discuss this interesting question and how to possibly respond to it. Yeah, and we'll meet a woman, a breast cancer survivor, who heard that very thing from her own doctor, and we'll hear how she responded. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. And uh, I have news for you, Percy. <laughs> I, you, you tell me if it's good or bad, but uh, we're going to spend a whole time together here today talking about this issue. Yes, sir, we are. And an important conversation because, again, I think that many people may be confronted with that type of question. Right. And how do how, how does one mentally, emotionally and process right. that? Yeah. Well, I think it's good news that we're going to talk about this, actually. So yeah. let, let's get into it today. Now, we have a free resource that we're also offering. I'll mention it now and again later in the program. Living in the Winner's Circle is available for download right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. While you're at the website, why don't you take an extra moment If you have a non-medical question you'd like us to pose, why don't you uh, jot that down in the connect box at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Again, a non-medical question. We'd be happy to review those and perhaps use those on a future program. Okay, tell us about who we're going to meet today and then uh, lead us to some scripture to set this up. Absolutely. I have a young lady that was actually, I did not know her prior to the the interview, and she was uh, recommended to me by a mutual party and friendship and uh, sat down and had just a fantastic conversation of a woman who was diagnosed with breast cancer, Uh, African-American woman. We know that for African-American women, there is a large number at a younger age of women being diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting that here of late, the Lord has been bringing me a lot of African-American breast cancer survivors. And so with that, uh, she talks about, again, her journey and ultimately the question that was opened up to her by her oncologist and an amazing response that she gave to that question and to herself. And we're going to really hear how her spirituality and her faith, along with good medical science uh, and support and uh, services, allowed her to continue to move forward. And today she is singing the praises of God as she is cancer-free. We'll bring you that interview in just a moment here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. But if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and then click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, or contact a member of their team with questions you may have have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, which is part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Once again, learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. 
www.percyandrew.com. Well, these interviews that Percy brings to us are always inspiring, so let's turn to this week's edition now. Here's our host. Well, hey, 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 this is me, Pastor P, and I am back, Reverend Percy McRae, the cancer pastor, and I am always here with another compelling conversation with someone that has been touched or involved with the cancer conversation, and that will certainly be the case today, as we will talk with a uh, young woman by the name of Yolanda Perry, uh, diagnosed in August 2016 with breast cancer. Uh, She's now a five-year cancer survivor. Uh, She treated at Cancer Treatment Centers of America Chicago, uh, where she received radiation prior to her visit to uh, CTCA Chicago. She had uh, surgery, and she is no longer actively treating for her cancer, and we thank God for that. She's written a book called Save the Girls, and that's spelled G-I-R-L-Z, Save the Girls, uh, How Cancer Became a Victim of My Praise, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, And then she's also created an informational app, and we'll talk about that and how you will be able to reach out to her to get any of this information. But right now, we want to have a conversation about her journey. So first and foremost, welcome to this platform, Yolanda. I am so privileged to have you on the show. How are you, my dear? I am fabulous on today. Thank you for this opportunity. Well, yeah, fabulous is acceptable, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right. Well, with that, I am uh, I'm excited. I always ask every cancer patient the day on the day when you were told that you had cancer. Where were you and how did you feel when you heard the words you have cancer? I was actually and in my doctor's office and she had called me the day before and scheduled an appointment for me to come to her office. She started out saying, I have good news and bad news. Mm -hmm. Which one you want first? Okay. That's that's always an interesting way to start a conversation, right? (laughs) Right. Good news and bad news. I said, okay. I said, well, give me the good news first. Okay. So she says to me, the good news is that if you was to have cancer, this would be the best cancer in the world to have. Okay. I said, okay. I said, so what's the bad news? Yeah. He said, you have been diagnosed with breast cancer. Okay. So when she said that to me, my response was, there's an anointing that will be released upon my life from God. That was my immediate response. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you get this, this, you get this conversation We've got good news. We got bad news. Okay. And, you know, uh, she breaks that down to you. And then your immediate response is that there is an anointing. And for people who may be listening to the show, who may not be aware of that language, you know, that represents the power and the presence and the essence of God uh, to be tangibly released upon an individual to do a task or an assignment or what or, or to work through a scenario. So basically what you said is that that God's presence, tangible presence, is going to be released upon me to basically work through this dynamic and that, you know, um, I'm going to move forward. Let's talk about how long did it take you, um, because I read some excerpts, and we'll talk about this. Uh, We're going to do two segments of this interview, and in our second interview, we're going to talk a lot about your book. But I read in your book where you talked about, um, you know, how, I guess, strategically in thinking and planning on how to 
share this information with family, friends, your children, your brothers, your mom, etc. How long did it take you before you actually told anyone that you had cancer? So once I received the diagnosis, I told my family within a week that I was diagnosed with cancer. Actually, when I left the doctor's office, I went back to work and I shared it with my supervisor. And the first thing she said to me was, please tell your children because my mother did not tell me. Okay, and I want to stop right there because this is a this is a compelling uh, narrative. I read it in the book. I I read that whole thing, and I want to save that. I want us to put a period there. I don't want you to say anything else about that. I've done a show about uh, how to communicate to others when one has cancer, and 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 because one never thinks about having cancer until they have cancer. Of course, you never think about how, when, or who you're going to communicate to others that you have cancer. And at some point, you have to start medical treatment. Uh, One of the things that I'm always compelled to discuss on the show and and think about here is, of course, we're talking primarily to people of faith, and in some cases, many faith orientations, Christians, uh, Jewish folks, uh, people who may be Muslim, anyone that may have a spiritual orientation, we try to reach to that audience with regard to the message of faith and health and wellness. My question to you is, what would you say to individuals who may be sitting, listening, saying, well, I'm just going to go all natural. I'm not. I'm just going to use my faith. I'm not going to go to the doctor. I'm not going to use medicine and science. What would you say to that or about that and how you were able to work through that in order to navigate that in a way where you were doing both at the same time? I'll be very honest, and I don't think I wrote about this in the book. Um, I can't recall at this point. But I emotional ate when I left the doctor's office. I went straight to Wendy's and got me a Wendy's combo single cheese. You did talk about this. You did mention this in the book, by the way. You did. You did. By by the way, you gave the exact menu of what you ordered, too. So while I was driving there and while I was in the line, um, as a believer, I did have the thought, I'm going to go holistic. I began to look up places, you know, about where I can go to research the holistic programs. I had a dear friend of mine, like a sister. We discussed it, discussed it. She was all in my corner. Like, if that's what you want to do, I'm here for you. Look, I know this place. So I began to research. So I pondered the thought to go natural. Okay. But my reality set in, it was like my family would not be at peace if they knew that I had made that decision to go natural. And we are all Christians and we're believers. So in that moment, I felt that I was going to do what's best for me as an individual and what would be mentally um, relieving to my family to know that I was going the medical way. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and uh, one of the conversations that I have with one of my um, dearest, um, my sister, my god sister, godmother, she worked for Cancer Treatment Center in another state. And she recommended Cancer Treatment Center. Well, I was going to ask, and that was going to be my next question, how did you then transition into making a decision about where to treat? So that answers that question. Okay, please proceed. 
So I, I really ponder on, Lord, what am I going to do? Am I going to go this natural way or am I going to go to the doctor? Mm-hmm. Am I going to do both? Mm-hmm. So I made the best decision in the world because I came to the conclusion that to be out of the body is to be present with God in a state of peace. Yep. And if I was to live, I'm going to share my story all over the world that God is a miracle worker. And that's why I'm here. So I was like, I'm in I'm win-win. This is a win-win for me. Either way it happens, I'm a winner. Yep. Because I'm going to share my story if I live. And if I die, I'm going to die in a place of peace, knowing that I'm going to be in the arms of Jesus. And you know what's empowering and important to understand about that? I did another show. I've, I've done close, close to 400 shows now. And one of them is entitled Living in the Winner Circle, uh, based upon mm-hmm. the scripture where it says that that, you know, we always triumph. Christ always causes us to triumph no matter what. And to your point, and I love your balance. I love your maturity. We have an appointment with death, whether we like that or not. And we don't necessarily get to choose when, where, or how we pass away. And I, and, and there has been some great, some of my great faith leaders out here. Uh, and I think about, um, I'm thinking about four individuals over the last five years who were great leaders of the faith who died. Um, you know, uh, Dr. Casey Price passed away from complications, as we understand it, of COVID. Uh, Dr. John Cherry, who was good friends with Dr. Price, died, who aspirated on the table as a result of getting, uh, I believe, an endoscopy. Uh, Dr. Tony Evans, his wife passed away from cancer just before COVID. And of course, Dr. Louis Palau, the great evangelist out of South America, died from cancer. All great people of faith who taught faith, who believed in the healing power of God. But at some point in their life, they died. They came to a point of death and dying. And so I really appreciate you kind of clarifying that because at the end of the day, I think it is something that we need to all wrestle with. But you were able to come to terms with that, you know, settle that Mm -hmm. in your heart and then proceed. You you opted in. I want to say it that way of using medical treatment and care, Mm -hmm. cancer care. You know, you've had uh, mm-hmm. surgery, you had radiation, and, but you also had your faith community uh, and your book talks about it extensively surrounding you uh, with being able to maintain a position spiritually with God throughout that entire process. And so here we are five years later, you have you utilized the balance of both. You didn't pick one versus the other. One didn't cancel out the other. Uh, didn't cancel your testimony. <laughs> and you're alive and well to tell your stories. You get through all of this. And so today you're standing on the other side of being what we call a cancer survivor. How does it feel to be able to say that versus the day when you were first told that you had cancer? What's the difference between those two days? The difference between us two is the joy that I have knowing that God brought me through, that I'm here to encourage women all over the world to conduct a monthly self-exam. Okay. And to schedule an annual mammogram. So I really believe I'm living my purpose. Yeah. I really feel like this is what I was born to do. <laughs> well, it's funny because again, I've, I've, I've literally supported thousands of cancer patients. Uh, I have a program that that I started and developed where 
over 3,000 churches have been trained with cancer care ministries. And what's amazing to me, amazing to me is how many cancer patients, when they get on the other side of cancer survival, that they talk about, this is my purpose. This is what I was born to do that changed the trajectory of my life. It changed the focus, the priority, in some cases, even pastors of churches. So it's so consistent. So that's why I laughed when you said it, because I know how consistent uh, that statement is. Uh, let me ask you this question. Did you, and if it's too personal, please uh, tell me to step back on the other side of the line. How did you discover your breast cancer? I attended my annual mammogram. And what was so amazing about me going was I was contemplating not going that year. Mm -hmm. The previous year, my doctor told me, well, you know, the insurance is considering um, encouraging women to start going every two years. So I was like, well, I'm not going then. Okay. So I talked to my doctor. I talked to my supervisor. I talked to the insurance company. Before I made my decision to go and have my annual mammogram, uh, if I did not schedule that appointment, who knows, a whole year yeah. having yeah. cancer, what stage it could have been. So I'm so grateful that I made the decision to attend my annual mammogram appointment. And what's interesting about this, and we'll get into this in the next segment, um, because you use the word uh, miracles quite a bit inside of your book, but I found mm -hmm. it very refreshing. Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with the language of miracles, the concept of miracles, the theology of miracles. So I, I but I okay. was re, it was pleasantly refreshing on how you defined for you certain miracles. And it, and 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 one of the miracles that you outlined in your book is what you've just stated, that you consider that to be one of the miracles that you experience. And we're going to talk more about that when we get into that segment. But what I would say overall with regard to everything that I've heard from you is that, um, you know, cancer was a game changer for you. And, and, and today uh, you are now highly focused around, as you said, encouraging, inspiring, and on some level, even educating uh, women. Let's talk about a little bit about your perspective of, and there's been a lot of conversation in the marketplace about, uh, you know, African-American women, young African-American women, disproportionately being diagnosed with can breast cancer. Yes. I would encourage them not to allow fear to stop them okay. from scheduling their annual mammograms or conducting their self-exam. Become educated about breast health. Find out your history, your family history. Yep. Did grandmama have uh, it? Did your mother have it? Yeah. Did auntie from a second generation have it? Okay. Because then that will let you know how soon you need to be uh, begin. You shouldn't have to wait till 40. If it's in your family history, then you should start getting your mammograms before 40. Okay. You should definitely start conducting your breast exam as soon as you turn 20. Okay. You know, so that is what I would encourage um, African-Americans um, families to have those conversations yep. on their father and dad's side. Because yeah. I was speaking to someone, she wasn't at that time that she was diagnosed, she was unaware that her father's side of the family had history yeah. of cancer. Yep. So if you have that opportunity, it may be uncomfortable, 
but build that relationship for your own benefit. Yeah, yeah. Those are good words. Those are good words. And the other thing that I'll add to that, you know, uh, many of us should know by now that men also contract breast cancer as well. So we, we need we need not to shy away from this conversation, obviously. In the few seconds that we have to close, and we're going to do a second segment, so we're going to come back. Don't worry about that. Is that, um, you know, given now what you've experienced, what you've seen, what you have, you know, ex- felt for yourself, uh, surgery, radiation, having to sit down with a doc, going through scans, all that goes with this journey today, now that you can look back, now that you're looking out the, the rearview mirror versus looking through the windshield, uh, you can look back a little bit. Uh, what now gives you hope as you move forward? What continues to drive you to be as hopeful as you are? And reflecting, looking in the back review mirror, going through the process of having a lonsectomy, um, having radiation, now here with you. Yeah. It's my hope in Christ Jesus that sustained me then and yet sustaining me now. Listen, today you've heard from my new friend, Yolanda Perry. Everybody who comes on the show is my new friend. So you're you're part of the, the Pastor P Club at this point. Um, she is a five-year cancer survivor diagnosed in August 2016 with breast cancer. She had surgery, and then she had radiation at um, Cancer Treatment Centers of America. She's no longer an actively treating cancer patient. She has written a book, and we're going to talk about that in the upcoming segment. So you don't want to miss that, but I'll give you some information about the book now it's called save the girls g-i-r-l-z i'll let you guys figure out who the girls are but save the girls and uh, cancer became a victim of my praise is the title of her book uh, you can go to save the girls.com spell with a z uh, that's her website uh, she also uh, has an app, an informational app that she has created that you'll be able to access, and we'll talk more about that. But right now, I want to say thank you so much, Yolanda, first of all, for deciding to stick around on planet Earth, to stick around, to have something to say about a conversation. As I have learned, you don't have a testimony unless you've been through a test, and you don't have a message unless you've been through some mess, and that qualifies you to say that you've been there You've done that and you got the T-shirt to prove it. Uh, we're going to come back and circle back and have another conversation. But thank you for sitting down and spending some time with us on this segment of Health, Hope and Inspiration, sweetie. You're welcome. Thank you. And be listening for that upcoming conversation with our guests coming up on a future edition of Health, Hope and Inspiration. Hey, I'm very happy to announce that Health, Hope and Inspiration and Abide Meditations are teaming up now to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to the HHI community. Abide makes Bible meditation delightful. You can learn to meditate in five minutes a day. Rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. Here's what you do. Text HHI to 22433 for your free subscription. Underline free. Quiet your mind. Relax your body. Text HHI to 22433. And I'll repeat that one more time. HHI texted to 22433. We believe you'll be blessed and encouraged through the use of the Abide mobile app. Well, Percy, as I said uh, a moment ago, I hope listeners will be watching for the second part of this conversation coming up and probably in a few weeks here on the program. But uh, what a special person. 
Yolanda was precious. I loved her. I loved speaking with her again. I didn't know her prior to the interview. So I got a chance to know her a little bit before we actually started recording, but amazing. Uh, and again, uh, in addressing our opening question that we posed with regard to being asked, right. have you ever been told <laughs> I have good news and I have bad news for you? Which would which would you prefer to have right now? Yep. That's how her conversation started with her oncologist Amazing. when it was time to yeah when it was time to unpack her diagnosis. And I thought, and again, I think important, maybe not to anyone else, but certainly to me, because I've dealt with this community and I've supported this community, and I know mentally and emotionally how jarring it is to initially hear that you have cancer, her immediate response and her immediate reaction was that there is going to be an anointing upon my life that is going to help me to work through this process. I thought was amazing. You know what that tells me? That tells me this woman was pre-tuned in to God's will for her life, wasn't she? Clearly, there there was a frequency and a wavelength that she was already very much dialed into because I can tell you firsthand what can't when hearing that you have cancer, forget about hearing about someone else has cancer. It can mentally and emotionally jolt you. There's yeah. a jolting. And, you know, and it, you went through that. I do. Yeah. And I remember, you know, that first, you know, 30 seconds of hearing that language in my head about me. Well, I'll say it the way that a great cancer survivor, she's now gone home to be with the Lord. Her name is Vicki Gerard. She wrote a great book that she let me write the forward to or, uh, or a piece of a forward to. And she used to always say, she said, cancer is the only word that you hear when someone says it to you about you mm. in bold letters in your head. And you don't hear anything else after that until you process that. Well, apparently Yolanda bypassed that whole dynamic and went right into her spiritual frequency of there will be an anointing from God that is going to allow me to withstand this process. I thought that was truly amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. It's not to be critical of those, though, who are set on their heels by it, because obviously it is a very emotional thing to hear. Well, it's it's the equivalent, if I'll say it this way, if if one has ever been slapped or punched unexpectedly, not seeing that coming, that, you know, you, you need a second to kind of just regroup. It's sort of like being thrown in a body of water. <laughs> uh, for anyone who's ever been in the ocean, uh, I remember my wife and I, we were in uh, the Virgin Islands and, you know, we were jet skiing. And so she didn't want to ride her own jet ski. She wanted to ride with me. And the guy that was leading the tour was doing all these fancy turns and flips. And I was trying to <laughs> emulate that. And on one particular turn, uh -oh. she popped off the back and boom, she was gone. And oh, I was no. like, uh oh. And so I had to circle back and find her. And for a minute, I could see that she was trying to get her orientation because sure. she was thrown off upside down, flipped around. And then she was able to kind of regroup and, and recalibrate. I think that that may help to describe potentially what it's yeah. like to be told that you have cancer. Yeah. yeah, I understand that. Yolanda mentioned that she was very strategic about who she told. And we've done whole conversations about this, but let's circle back on that point. Yeah, I, I think that this is very important because I think that, well, I know for a fact that cancer patients have not been trained or gone to a class on how to communicate or who to communicate when you are told that you have cancer. So it's kind of a new dynamic. What do I say? How much information do I give? Who do I share with immediately? Well, and as you said, we've done a show about that and we have a resource that basically outlines a strategy, you know, wisdom steps on how to communicate when you have cancer. And one of the things that she stated is that 
you know, initially she went and talked to her pastor and then she shared, she went and had a conversation with her supervisor for obvious reasons. She needed to have time off, et cetera. And her supervisor basically told her, uh, anything that I can tell you to do, please make sure you tell your children because when my mom had cancer, she did not tell me. Mm. I thought this was incredible because we, we speak to that dynamic, particularly we also did a show around when children's parents have cancer. And one of them is how to communicate to your children that you have cancer. You shouldn't hide that. You shouldn't try to keep that undercover because eventually they are going to figure out that there's something different, that there's something wrong. And what can happen in the case of children and parents is that when they get older, particularly if they were not included in a conversation uh, of some sort, that they can re they will resent the fact that their parent never sat down and directly told them that they had cancer, particularly if they pass away. Yes. So she, she, I thought, again, the communication of who, when, where, and how was very important to hear her talk about that. Yeah. And then what lessons about medical care did, uh, did you pick up on from her? Well, an important point, we talk about it all the time, and, and you know, we are unapologetic about the position that I take. This is my show. My name is on it. You know, <laughs> it, I'm the host. So, again, you know, I got to take the fiery darts at the end of the day is that the ongoing dilemma of uh, uh, should I go holistic? Should I go natural? Should I only uh, eat berries and fruit and forego medical treatment for cancer? And it's still a dilemma for people, particularly people of faith from the faith community who sometimes struggle theologically with if I choose to do medical treatment and if I sit down and have a conversation with a doctor am I still uh trusting God and believing in God and we did a show about that about God works through doctors we have a resource that talks about how God how God uses doctors in medicine and science and she said initially she was considering going holistic and she and a friend of hers started researching places where she could go do that but then she had an epiphany for various different reasons that she needed to receive medical treatment and care, but also still utilize and trust in her faith that God will help her, equip her. And again, with the opening statement, that there would be an anointing upon her life that yeah. will allow her to withstand the process. I love the balance of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, uh, as we said earlier, if you'll be listening in a few weeks, we'll have Yolanda Perry back with Percy to learn even more from her cancer journey and lessons that we can learn from God uh, through her testimony. So join us in the future for that conversation. Uh, I do want to mention our free resource this week, Living in the Winner's Circle. Um, tell, me, tell me where this came from. This, this may be one of my favorite resources that I've written because it is dealing with the mentality or the dichotomy or the oxymoronic dynamic of thought with regard to if I am in a negative situation and negative circumstances attempt or, or, or are perceived to prevail, did I lose at the end of the day? I think that being in the Western world where we live, we have a uh, somewhat of a, a warped concept of winning and losing. Hmm. Winning at the end of the day is not necessarily meaning that you beat your opponent to a pulp and then you stand on top of the mountain with your arms raised up and call yourself a champion. Yeah. And, it, and it tends to drive unhealthy theological, spiritual dynamics. That's another show on another platform for another day. <laughs> but... This resource is designed to help people to understand that according to the word of God, it says that 
our relationship with Christ always causes us to triumph in any and all circumstances, but it is perspective on how we see those dynamics. And this is certainly true for cancer patients, particularly if and when a cancer patient should pass away, we should stop saying that they lost. This is particularly if they're walking by faith, if they have a relationship with God, because we can't lose in that situation, Wayne. We're transitioning into greater glory in the very presence of God. Though we are absent from the body, we are now present with the Lord. We didn't lose there. We won, in fact. (laughs) Sounds like victory to me. (laughs) Yeah, so it's a matter of how we define winning and losing. So this uh, resource will help give some uh, points to think about because I've been at many funeral services of people of faith who have passed away, and I've heard the eulogy say it, well, they lost their battle with cancer. No, I suggest that they did not. I suggest that they fought a good fight. They ran a good race, according to Paul, and now it was time for them to go and get to the next level of existence with God. That's not losing. That's winning. Well, if you resonate with that thought, I hope you will go to our website and download this, Living in the Winner Circle at Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Dot com. And thank you for subscribing to our podcast, which you can do right from the website or on any podcast platform as well. Apple, Google, Spotify, you name the platform. I think we're probably there with health, hope, and inspiration. Percy, let's go back to the scripture and then we'll wrap up things today. Well, based upon the opening statement by uh, our dear sister, she said that when she was told she had cancer, I want to set this up. She said that an anointing would come upon her that will allow her to withstand this process. Now listen to this scripture again for the first time. And that is Philippians 4, 12 and 13. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every Every. situation. I'm going to say it again really slow because I think somebody may have missed it. It says that I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is. This is the great Apostle Paul talking about, by the way, who wrote three quarters of the New Testament, by the way. It says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Now we can quote the rest of the scripture. We tend to quote this scripture out of context, Wayne. (laughs) We only like to quote this part of the scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, let's back up. That means that we need to uh, involve any and every aspect of what happens to us. And this is the mentality that she started out with. Okay, you want, I have good news and I have bad news for you. Which one do you want first? Okay, I'll take the good news, then the bad news, but you have cancer. Immediately, she says, what came into her consciousness is that there will be an anointing or that I will be able to do all things through Christ, including this thing, including this situation, no matter how negative it may appear or seem, no matter how many other people may have died from this, there is going to be an anointing. I just want to talk about how quickly she processed into this spiritual truth that she would be able to do all things through Christ or that there will be an anointing on her life to be able to withstand this process. And today, she is cancer-free. She is uh, has no evidence of disease. In fact, she has written a book. 
she has created her own app. We'll talk about that when we get to our our next show with her in about a month. You do not want to miss that conversation. And at the end of the day, it is a powerful reminder of what God's ability in us can do when we take the necessary steps. And in, in this particular case, while she was undergoing medical treatment and care, she felt like the anointing of God was upon her to do anything that she needed to do. I'm inspired. Indeed. All right. Well, that will wrap it up for this week on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast, leave reviews wherever you can, and we'll see you next week here. Percy, God bless you, and uh, I will see you next time. Absolutely. And remember, there's an anointing on your life to do whatever is necessary to do with God's help. And so until the next time, don't give up, don't give in. Remember, we have work to do, so let's keep chopping the wood. Thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.